If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. I say it with my chest, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just asking. It. Okay. That'll, that'll I'll just be a fun one to watch. Moster mentioned they got a four-by-one track team, and I don't know if there's another four-by-one group in the NFL that challenges what the Miami Dolphins have on the field. I know only regular football. This fantasy stuff, I'm a, I'm a little bit of – I'm a virgin, okay? At no point in my life would I rather be the Falcons than the Saints. <laughs> At no point. <laughs> Good to it. Good to it. Steve, you know ball, but let me tell you a little something about fantasy football. We both know about ADPs. You actually don't. Average draft position. We'll jump into that. You know where players should get taken in the NFL draft. Me, the McMahon, I know where they should go in fantasy drafts. That's what we're here to talk to you about today. Are you ready to go, Steve? To you not see it, I'm ready to go, bro. Do you see the glistening in my eyes? That is not because I'm under anything, but Honey Badger pre-workout and BCAAs, I am just ready to go because I've been up since 6 this morning. Actually, 5.35, I woke up, got my workout in, and I'm ready to talk fantasy football, but real football, fantasy versus reality. Let's get into it. And we got a special guest, going to be, I hope, a regular. Coming into the season, if he can carve up some time in his busy schedule over here, loitering the football halls of the NFL, Cam Wolf with a E. All right, Cam. Hey, Cam, how are you? (laughs) See? What's good, fellas? James Palmer would have never screwed that up. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know the intro wasn't to me. Your name's Cam Wolf. Mm-hmm. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing good, bro. How you doing? I'm great, man. I'm yeah. on with y'all. We're gonna talk some ball. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, what where, where have you been? Where have you been the last couple of days? What's 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 been going on? Do t- hey, I've been, patrolling, on I've been patrolling the South. I, I just uh went to Charlotte, your neck of the woods, Steve. Check mm-hmm. out Bryce Young and them Panthers. And then I went to see the Falcons yesterday. Check Ooh. out uh, B. John Robinson and those boys. So saw half the NFC South uh, hey. last week. I spent a lot of time with the Dolphins, and so doing my doing my my trip, my summer trip around the South. Ooh. See what these teams talking about. Yeah, you 
You said you were at the Falcons intrigue me the most. Especially. Whoa, okay. whoa, 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 whoa. This is why you can't tell me to go and then cut me off three you, words. You can't in. you can't tell the Panthers got the Falcons intrigue you the most. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is why. <laughs> Thank you. This is, this is why, because you were a wide receiver led show. You said you were okay. checking out Bijan. So it leads me to believe there still are not a lot of passes being thrown in Atlanta. Is that what I'm hearing? Am I hearing that correctly? So mm. not necessarily. Here's what I'll tell okay. you. I spent a lot of time talking with Art Smith, uh, their head coach, yesterday. And one of the questions I asked is what most fantasy owners are going to ask. Who's their wide receiver to? We know Drake London's going to get the ball a lot. When Kyle Pitts is healthy, he should get the ball a lot. Who else is the guy? Art goes in this rant to me. I don't care oh, who the wide receiver to is. Oh. Yeah, he goes oh. in this rant. Yeah, he's talking about how this is a fantasy football league and only people who care about this is fantasy football and this and that. Mm. And I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> so <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead, Steve. You know why Arthur Smith doesn't care about his wide receiver too? <laughs> why is that, Steve? <laughs> because Drake London is his wide receiver too. Kyle oh, Pitts oh, is his oh, wide oh, receiver oh. one. <laughs> or B. John Robinson is a wide receiver one because uh, Drake London's playing X. Is that correct? Yes. X. Correct. You know what X is? Mm -hmm. X is stationary stand. X, 20 years ago when I was playing, was where the offense went through. It, okay. Primarily dependent on the offense. But a lot of times X's were where the, the ball went through. Z is where the tight end is. They put them on motion. Who's motioning, as you were at practice, who's motioning more than Drake London? You're seeing a lot of B. John Robinson motion. In motion. You're seeing Cordell Patterson being used in, motion. in the backfield in motion. Uh, so that my point that I was making there is Arthur is trying to say that look at this team as a collection of the talent rather than wide receiver two, wide receiver three. And so everybody asked when they drafted Bijan, what does that mean for Cordell Patterson, Tyler Algier, who had a thousand yards last year? I'm getting the feel that they'll find a role for all three of those guys. Algier's the traditional running back. Bijan's going to play a lot of receiver this year. He was he was taking reps with the individuals, uh, individual drills with the wide receivers. Cordell Patterson did too. And so they think he's more than a running back. I was looking it up. I think um, last year you had Cordell Patterson and, and essentially Algier doing this two man. And then Caleb Huntley got in there. Mm. I think you'll still see a three man rotation. It'll just be heavy B John and you'll see probably more Cordell Patterson in the passing game. And so I'm, I want B John Robinson in every draft I'm getting. Cause I don't think he's coming off the field. I think that Steve's right. He's probably going to be your wide receiver two or even wide receiver one. If you're not a Drake London believer, which I clearly think that Steve is not. <laughs> <laughs> So can we let's get into the Drake London. It's not that I'm not a Drake London fan. First of all, I'm not a fan of well, I am fan of some other some some other particular players. Right. But I'm really saying I'm not a fan of Drake. I'm not not a fan of Drake London. I just value and examine other wide receivers, all these wide receivers differently. Like I don't get enamored with size. I don't get enamored with the possibility. I get enamored with what they've done, right? Just like the just like the NFL. And we talk about the NFL, what have you done for me lately? When I look at when I look at Drake London's, when I look at just his route and success, 
screens, flat routes, slants, curls, and digs, and posts. Man, he's 80% success rate. He's beating the guy. Deep outs, comebacks, corners, 20%. Deep out, 70%. Comeback, below 40%. That tells me that he's a big frame guy who doesn't sink his hips. When we talk about not sinking your hips, when you're looking at mobility of corners, if you have some deficiencies, in an offense where your quarterback, Ritter, is not accurate, is unproven, and your top wide receiver, it must go through you, and he's not great in, he's not great in the route tree, and people can say, oh, he can be taught the, the route tree. Oh, Steve, you, you're being too critical of them. These are kids. These are kids in a professional business. Millions and billions of dollars are being made in this profession. So I'm looking at them under a microscope. The same way you're looking at me under a microscope by watching this podcast, hit that subscribe button as well. So when I look at Drake London and I'm, and I'm saying, is he a number one wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons? Yes, by happenstance. When Kyle Pitts went down, Drake London shortcomings were exposed. They fed him the ball a lot underneath. But when we talk about success rate and looking at corners, I can't have a number one wide receiver on the fantasy board disappear against top tier corners. All right, we got game one coming, Carolina Panthers against the, the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, get A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell versus uh, Terrence, Marshall, uh, Terrence Marshall Jr., and Jonathan Mingo, J.C. Yep. Horn on the other side. Man, you can't be running a slant. Uh, you, can't, you can't win, have an 80-yard drive running slants and curls the whole time with that pass rush with now agent zero, Brian Burns. I need to see a little bit more out of you out of that route tree. So I, I love hearing you talk wide receiver, Steve. And I hate to be in the position to to disagree with Steve Smith on wide receiver. Well, it's fine. It's fine. Um, you can disagree. But I think Drake London is going to have a great year. I, oh, I absolutely okay. do. I think why? That you're, Tell us I think why. You, so I think you're right in some of his deficiencies. I don't think he's ever going to be maybe a top five overall receiver in this league. I don't know Ooh. if he has the the movement of a Justin Jefferson or a, a Tyree Kill or some of these guys we talk receivers, but I think he can win in what he does well. You're right. Okay. He's a 6'4", big frame receiver. And just watching him in practice this week, you see how they want to get him the ball. They want to throw him those jump balls. They want to use him kind of like how Mike Williams was used with the Chargers. And I think okay. that at his ceiling, he can be that type of player, maybe even a little better. Um, and I think that Drake London last year, 72 catches, 866 yards. To me, this is a guy that's going to easily be a thousand yard receiver. I wouldn't be shocked if he hits a 1200 yard mark because of okay. what you mentioned. There's not a lot of weapons here in the receiving group, but they have enough in the other positions that he's going to get a lot of one on one coverage. And there's not mm -hmm. a lot of guys that can cover 6'4, 220 on the outside when you're throwing him a big jump ball. And so, yeah, he might not be able to run that. That that double move and get you the, the the things you want. But if I'm going to be able to throw him a little fade route and get that consistently, I think that's going to be a lot of the play action game we see in Atlanta. 
They're going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to have a lot of one-on-one coverage with their receivers. And I'm telling you, like I talked to Drake London yesterday. He knows last year he had some mistakes. He said, okay. hey, last year was just decent for me. And I like when a guy's accountable and doesn't just yes. look at the numbers See, and I haven't, say. I, I haven't heard that, and I, and I like that. And even hearing you talk, it's making me go, okay, I'm sitting back. I'm sitting back getting schooled. I just sometimes when I'm looking at receivers, right? every receiver, I, I like to ask the question when I'm doing my notes. And these are my own notes that I'm looking at. What kind of weapon is it? So that's what I'm asking. And you told me contested catches, red zone, yep. uh, uh, high point in the foot, high point in the football. Yep. So my question goes, well, when you put them against a Devin, I think it's Devin, or uh Holiday down in Miami. Yep. Who's a guy who's as super athletic like him and can jump, jump. Who's gonna win? Yeah. You're talking about Javon Holland. Yeah, Javon Holland. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, Javon, yeah, Javon Holland. Holland. I don't a know. I like I Javon mean, Holland. Who's gonna win? Piece it together too. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it. I got it. I got Look, it. I, bro, I got so many names in I here. Know. No, I get him confused. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, 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 love, I, I love Javon. I love Javon Holland as a player, but one on one, I think it's gonna be. I think he would have a hard time facing Drake London. To be mm-hmm. to be real with you, I, okay. maybe I just have a high view of Drake London and maybe his potential in his role. Like Steve, you you're educating me a lot about uh, about his fluidity and his routes, and I think that's important. I think that he's not gonna be a guy that you see play every position. He probably is a true X. He's probably not gonna play in the slot a lot. You know, although Arthur Smith loved what he did out of the slot in college, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them try some things there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we haven't seen a lot of that as a pro, right? But what he does well and what I think he can do well in the future works well with what Atlanta's offense is because they're going to run a lot of two-back sets. They're going to run a lot of two tight end sets. And Mm -hmm. so teams are going to be crowding the box. You're going to see a lot of seven and eight in the box because you're going to have to stop Bijan. You're going to have to stop Tyler Algier. This is a team that was a top five rushing offense with Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson last year. Now you add Bijan Robinson. Like It wouldn't shock me if they're the number one rushing team Mm -hmm. in the league. And so that means that when they pass the ball, people are going to be surprised. And Drake London is going to be the beneficiary in my my mind a lot. Go ahead, Coley. Well, I was going to say, is it going to be London? Because I know it was just last year. It was his rookie season. But on a per-catch basis, Pitts was outproducing yeah. him. Um, yes. And he's a little faster, a little younger, I believe, still, too. So it's like, does he have more potential? If if you're trying to draft just one Atlanta pass catcher, because you said London could be a wide re- uh, a thousand yard receiver, I don't know yeah. if they're gonna have two thousand yard receivers. Yeah. So it's That's like if, if you if you were to bet on one of those two being that that lead horse every single week, who would you lean? Coley, do we have an idea of where they're going in drafts or where they would be going ranking wise at this point? Both of those guys. Uh, As you mentioned that, I'll give you my answer, and then I'll kind of loop back on the value of that. Um, So I know – I was going to say in May, May, London was going about 15 spots higher than – 15 spots higher than Kyle Pitts. So I'm sure it's a little closer now, but he was being drafted ahead of Pitts. So the only thing that worries me about Kyle Pitts, and Atlanta's trying to downplay it a little bit. R. Smith said he wasn't worried about it. Kyle Pitts is hurt um, right now. He's coming off the MCL injury. We haven't seen him at all this offseason. They believe he's going to be back for training camp. Um, But Desmond Ritter hasn't thrown a single in-game pass to Kyle Pitts. Last year, he started to develop a chemistry with Desmond Ritter. And when you have young quarterbacks, you get comfortable 
with who you're comfortable with. And mm-hmm. he threw, I think his last four games, he had 333 yards to, to Drake London. And so I'm already seeing that chemistry. He's already identifying Drake London as my guy. And so mm-hmm. maybe Kyle Pitts can catch up to that. And Kyle Pitts is a unicorn of a weapon. But yes, right is. now, I think that Drake London probably has an advantage on his third and eight. I need somebody. I trust this guy because I've been throwing him the ball a little bit longer. I feel a little bit more comfort with him. And so because of that, I would probably edge Drake London. But if there's a significant value in draft, like if Drake London is going one or two rounds higher, then maybe I, I shift my opinion. So who so who do you believe is going to be the guy? It's hard to it's hard for me to sit here and not get antsy to interject about the who's throwing the football yeah. out in yeah. Atlanta because there's been there's been I, I don't know which story is correct, <laughs> but where there's smoke, there's yeah. fire. The inaccuracy, the underthrown, overthrown balls that uh, Ritter has has been seen and reported of throwing. Do you believe QB one in a with the Atlanta Falcons? Is Desmond? I, I, I mean, I, there's not enough for me to believe in him. Like the the reality is, it's got four games. The Falcons believe in him, but I, I'm a wait and see type guy with Desmond Ritter. I looked at the the 32 starting quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter's probably number one or number two as far as guys we don't know much about, right? It's probably him and like Sam Howell, where we just don't know a lot about. Uh, you mentioned the accuracy. I watched practice and I was eager to see like where he was in that area. He had like three really nice passes to Drake London in traffic, but then he also missed pretty badly on a couple throws too. And it's just practice, but you saw a little bit of inconsistency that you saw last year. And so his offensive coordinator, Dave Ragone, was telling me they've been working on him with his footwork particularly in clean pockets, because they said too often you missing in, in clean pockets to open receivers. That's when you, you, you know, you're losing as an offense. Yep. And so they said he's growing in that area, but he's still a work in progress. And so that's something they're really trying to, you know, get him better at. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to be a 70% accuracy type guy, um, but you hope that he can do enough with all of these playmakers to get by. It's an interesting comparison because Arthur Smith was with Ryan Tannehill in 2019 when Ryan Tannehill had that great comeback player of the year season. It wasn't a top five quarterback or anything in that respect, but he was really efficient. And so I think that's what they have in mind with Desmond Ritter. If he can be that style of quarterback where he's not going to be the focal point of your team, but if he can just get the ball out to where you need to be. Now, I don't know if he can be that. That's still a huge jump from what we've seen, but that's what their vision of him is. And honestly, Desmond Ritter is probably going to be a difference of, of Drake London being that 1,200-yard receiver or if he's a 900-yard receiver once again. So so this is a riddle to me. When I yeah. hear, I'm looking at Drake London, use a first-round pick. Yep. You acquire uh, Mac Hollins, who's a big target again. You yep. got Kyle Pitts, first-round first pick. B. John Robinson, first-round pick. You got Super Bowl champ. With Cordell Patterson, Algier, you got all of these playmakers and well skilled. So you have vertical guy, guys that can get vertical. You got guys that can impact the defense uh, horizontal, and you can't deliver the football. Mm-hmm. And your head coach and general manager, possibly. It's getting a little hot on the hot seat because of the league is ex- the league does not have patience. 
for slow developing success. They want That's true. they want the instant grits, right? Especially yeah. with the payments. All of a sudden, how how much what's the pain tolerance for Ritter if he is not delivering a football when you have Taylor Heineke, the gunslinger himself, the guy who believes that he is the second coming of Brett Favre, sitting back there <laughs> like me on this uh on this pre-workout, just jitter. I'm talking about just jittery, boy. He's sitting back there talking about, I would have made that throw. Mm, I would have made that throw. Hey, that's a great question. Um, I will say this. They named Desmond Ritter their starter in March when I actually thought there was going to be more of an open competition with these two guys going into camp. And so I don't know if that was more to back Ritter or if they just loved him that much more, but – they everybody I've talked to, and maybe they're just selling me because I'm a reporter. Maybe that's a that's a very real possibility. But everybody I've talked to is trying to tell me that they they believe that Ritter's the guy. There's no question, right? Yeah, I, but, you ha- hold on. When have you ever ever heard an organization say, "Hey, yeah, man, we use this second, third, or first third overall, yep. your third yep. round pick, second round pick, first round pick, bottom of the first. Hey, he's a bum and he can't play, and we should have never picked him. No right. one ever says that. that. That's true. That's true. No one ever says we. There is a somebody down in the south that yeah. man. We love his passion. You ain't gonna say what the Trask, Cal Trask. It's an open competition, Cal. Trash <laughs> can't be out this cup of BCAAs, but they are not gonna say that it's an open competition. Right. It's a but, three. It, it ain't happening, dog. Right. The, the, but the reason I say that is because you remember last year Arthur Smith started Marcus Mariota. Well, I think twelve games last year, mm-hmm. which was probably Love like him. believe which in was him. like. Yeah, which was like eight games more than probably the rest of the league thought that Marcus hey, Mariota threw him, under, <laughs> threw him under the bus as fast as he could. No, I don't. Hey, here's the best one. Here's the best one. Oh yeah, his partner. His his partner had a baby. Like they woke up pregnant. Like went to sleep on went to sleep Sunday. Didn't play well. Woke up Monday pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Marcus Mario is coming out with a Netflix uh, documentary about about him, Patrick I, Mahomes and Kirk Cousins. And so Art Smith was asked about that yesterday. And he said, I'm sure there's going to be some truths in there and also some historical fiction. And, uh, you know, I'm not really eager to see it. <laughs> so yeah, Some historical fiction on that injury. That, that, that's what I'm referencing. You know, that injury, <laughs> the injury that happened, that air quotes, they didn't know happened. Right. Right, that yeah. he went back to Cali for. So I'm, I'm eager to see the, the 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 response to that because I'm sure Marcus is going to have his side of the story on that. But my but the reason I brought up Marcus is because Marcus played actually decent over the first I don't know half of the season within the scheme, like, and then he fell off, and then it yeah, became well because his his knee too, his knee his <laughs> knee was hurt. Yeah, that was it, right? But, but like, I think that you look at this Falcons team, and I think Art Smith is going to give him a good bit of, of rope, but it's going to be until he proves that, look, we, we can't watch this anymore. And I think if that becomes a stage, they would go to Heineke. 
but otherwise I don't think they get they get too itchy early. So maybe we're looking in, in November if this Falcons offense is is 20 25th, which they should not be 25th or even if they're 18. This is this should be a top 15 offense with all the weapons they have. Um, what? Yeah. They should be. I'm not saying they will be. I'm saying they should be. Oh. Based on the talent they have, they should that offensive line is a, is a really solid unit. They should be a top 15. I agree. And I so agree. I'm looking line, at weapons. the talent and what I think Arthur Smith is his play caller, I would be disappointed if this team is not a top 15 offense by the end of the year. And if they, if you are dis, you know what happens when you have high expectations, high expectations, top 15 offense, and yeah. you don't, you don't perform that high expectations with low results. You know what that means? Somebody, somebody's got to pay for it, right? Yeah. right so some, somebody getting in that virtual unemployment line. <laughs> I, I don't know if those guys are that close to that, but you know you're right. It does bring a little bit of pressure. I I, I do think with Atlanta, we got to remember they had two years where they were essentially in cap hell, where mm-hmm. they were essentially eating the bullets. They didn't sign anybody in free agency. They didn't do anything, and now this no. is the year no. they finally not got. You're not buying that. The the Saints are in the same division. They live in Cap Hell. They've built a home in Cap Hell. And every they signed Derek Carr for 140 million dollars this offseason when they were like negative 60 heading into the offseason. Cap Hell is not an excuse any team Ooh. can use. Oh, that, you, that's true. you gonna so let them talk to you like that? Okay, Cam? so Cole, you here's, what I, would, here's, you like here's that, what I would Cam? ask you: Would you rather would you rather be the Falcons or the or the Saints at this stage of, of building your franchise? At no point in my life would I rather be the Falcons than the Saints. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you, even the way they the, were the Aints, they were still <laughs> like the Vic <laughs> era was very cool. That was the only thing the Falcons have ever had. Ask any Atlanta Falcons fan how they feel about being a Falcons fan. They hate that's it. true. It's torture. That's it's true. <laughs> That's true, but I don't, I, I've seen a lot of the odds, and a lot of the odds have the Saints as the favorite for this division. I don't know if it's oh. a hot take, but my my take is the take. Saints. The Saints finished third in this division. I think the Panthers yeah. and the Falcons uh, finished. That's what I'm talking about. Move on to my Panthers and talk about the Panthers. You was right down there in practice when I was in practice. Holla at your boy, talk and Coley. Pipe down, put yourself on mute, and listen to the fellas talk. <laughs> uh, now we get into the Steve's real talk. The Panthers, right? And uh, everything's about Bryce Young there. And, I, I, you know, everybody is funny. I talk on social media about Bryce Young and all the jokes fly. He's small. He's mm-hmm. little. All these different things. You've seen him, Steve. It's the reality yeah. of he's going to have to do it on the NFL field yeah. for people to like to hustle. Because he didn't do it the... in college. He didn't, yeah. he didn't play well in yeah. college. Nah, exactly. Bad. Exactly. Bad. He, didn't win, he didn't win a Heisman. He didn't, nope. you know, win big games. That? And oh, no. This. Didn't see it. Uh-uh. Yeah. So, but, but clearly – he gets in the league and he's too small to play. It reminds me of Devontae Smith. I love Devontae Smith coming the out of the draft. Different position. Everybody told me he was going to break. He's too small. He's going to break. It's not going to work. Devontae Smith's been one of the more durable receivers in the NFL since he's been in there. And he's been productive, too. He's a great route runner. Um, we're not doing an Eagles talk here, but you know, it kind of reminded <laughs> me, it just reminded me of that. And so the, getting back to Bryce Young, I think that Bryce Young is, is immediately going to be a, a a top playmaker for this offense. And the big question is what we'll get into is the wide receiver position. Because you look at this roster and there you get rid of DJ Moore, there's no true number one. Adam Thielen's probably the the guy in that position, but he's not the same as he was when he was in Minnesota. And so there's a lot of to me twos and threes 
and maybe some fours on this roster without a one. And so who is he going to be throwing the rock to? Um, I'm eager to hear your opinion, Steve, on Jonathan Mingo, because he's the guy that I I circle and say, hey, who has the potential to, you know, rock it up to the top of this group? You know, maybe it, maybe it's not from week one, but maybe it's week nine. You start to see him take off. And I watched him and the chemistry that they start to have together, Bryce and, and uh, Jonathan. And I'm like, this is a guy I can see in November. If I'm looking for guys for bi-week fill-ins, if I'm looking for guys who are trying to, even if he's on the waiver wire, that I'm saying who can get hot in the second half of the year, I think Jonathan Mingo is going to be high up on my list, uh, especially if this Panthers offense is starting to fire off. Well, first of all, I, I love this transition into it. I agree. We were at practice together, and Bryce Young had a pass, a, a pass batted down. Yeah. And, yeah. But also – uh, Andy Dalton. You know what the first passes. thing you said to me? You were like, yeah, Andy no. Dalton had a pass better down too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and people say, oh, Steve is always rooting for the short guys. I'm not rooting for the short guy. I play into the narrative of the short guys, but what I'm, what I root for are people who their body of work speak for the, speaks for themselves. I get tired of people who are sitting on the couch who haven't played since high school or who played in high school and played a little bit of college. And so they automatically deem themselves as Mr. Know-it-all. I'm not a Mr. Know-it-all, but I've, I've been around the block a little bit longer than you, and I've been on some blocks yeah. that you've never experienced before, right? And so you can't measure a man's heart and his ability and his willingness and his talent based on a person's size, right? You can't say a fat guy can never play this and a short guy can never play that. Just let the young men and let the guys play it, play it out. Bryce Young is not 6'1. I've seen 6'4, I've seen 6'4 receivers not be able to get off jam. I've seen 6'2 quarterbacks not be able to throw. Drew Brees, Bryce Young reminds me of Drew Brees in essence of shoulders up and anticipation and knowing his own deficiencies. When a guy already knows his own deficiencies, I'm rooting for him because he's not trying to be something he isn't. He says, hey, this is what I am. This is what I'm not. I'm going to stay in this category. I'm going to stay in this area, this area that I believe that I know well and I could perform in. Bryce Young is not going to throw you a 70-yard bomb off his back foot like Aaron Rodgers has ever done. Right. But he will, he will drop some dimes out there in that zero to 22 yard area that you're going to go. I don't care how tall he is or he is not. That was a shut the front door. That was a damn die. Wow. Yeah. Right. And that's what he does. When I talk about this wide receivers, DJ chart, he's the fast guy. He's going to press the defense. Jonathan Mingo. He's, uh, I don't know how tall he is because everybody's taller than me. But he's 222 pounds, yeah, and his fluidity is a lot better than what I expected. I thought he was a stiff guy. I probably yes. get in and out some breaks. He's very physical. He's very humble. Southern kid who isn't really going to say anything, but he's going to get in your hips a little bit and let you know I'm not no average rookie, and you're not going to punk. So I, right. I really love that. He kind of has this – He's he's going to look at you, you may say something to him, he'll look at you, and you're kind of like, man, he's kind of, it's kind of rough around the edges. 
because he will not respond. He'll just kind of give you the head now, like, okay. He's like one of those, he's like one of the kids. He won't say anything, but you know he's saying something about you when you walk away. <laughs> Steve, Steve, he got the dog in him? Does he got the dog oh, in he him? He has that, he has a dog in him, right? Okay. But the yeah. difference in his dog, he'll bite you. There are some guys who have a who have a bark, and that's good. Another a guy who I don't think he's gonna bite you, he's gonna bark, and his bark is contested catches. It's Terrence Marshall Jr. Contested catches. His comp, really watch him in practice, he reminds me, Alshon Jeffers. Jeffers. Mm, okay. okay. Not gonna, not slow, not fast, but he's, he is not an easy guy to cover. That's yeah. who he reminds me of. And if you go back and look, he caught a pass over Xavier Woods. It was slightly, uh, slightly off target where he could put both feet down. But bro, he is up at the highest point. And it is beautiful. It's I don't know who took the picture, but I would get that picture, frame it. So when he's old and when his kids are saying, Pop, you didn't play anymore, he say, Yeah, but you ain't never did this, young man. It's it's beautiful. Uh Adam Thielen, he's gonna play in that uh in the slot a little bit. He's gonna move around and then Mingo's playing the X, Terrence is doing his thing. But the guy that people aren't listening to that looking at as well, Mingo at at 65, he's going to be a guy to watch out for. Chenault, LaVisca Chenault, he's going to be a guy that he's improving his route running. He was a gadget guy in Jacksonville in college. I believe he's more than that. He's trying to work on it. He's working on it and wants the ability to show he's not just a gadget guy. He's an all-around football player. And I think this offense with the offensive coordinator, obviously by Frank Wright as the head coach, but the offensive coordinator, uh, with Thomas Brown, I think that we're going to be surprised with the quarterback that they have, Bryce Young, that this offense, I believe, could be in the top 20. I'm not going to go out on a limb and, uh, you know, statistically get statistically throw a, a silent bomb at the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to lower it and say my Carolina Panthers will be in the top 20 offense with the explosion and also some of the running backs that they have with Miles Sanders as well. You think you think Carolina has a better offense than Atlanta at the end of the season? I'll say it with my chest, yeah. <laughs> I'm just asking. Okay. That'll, that'll, be asking that'll be a fun one to watch. That'll be a fun one to watch. It's going to be a fun one. Well, we got week one. Bring your popcorn, sucker. I, I can't Come wait. Come to the house. I can't wait. And so I want to piggyback on a couple of things you said there on the receivers. Um, mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I, I'm eager to see how much they run the ball because, you know, talking to Thomas Brown, you mentioned their offense coordinator, they want to be able to establish the run with Miles Sanders. They, they believe in that offensive line uh, a lot. And so they want to run good. the ball early to protect that young quarterback. But I do think there's going to be a stage in the season where maybe it's week two or maybe it's week six where you're like, hey, Bryce Young is that dude we thought he was. So we're going to let him have the keys to the offense in fullness. I think maybe early on you'll see a little bit more, okay, let's ease him in. And then I think at some point it's going to be like, go. Um, and when that when it goes, I'm eager to see which of those young guys you mentioned steps to the forefront and becomes that guy we're talking about throughout the fantasy season of that's a guy that can get it. Get it. Won't. I don't think you don't it, think it'll I think, be one? I, I don't think it'll be one. I don't, okay. I, I don't believe it'll be one guy because – I think they're just too young, right? Yeah. You got so DJ DJ Chark is playing. He's playing in a different position and a different role. I let me rephrase that. He's playing a different role than he played 
when he was in uh, Detroit and when he was with the Jaguars, right? He's just – but what he does have, no matter what the injury, he's got that speed. He got that go yeah, get you. He applies absolutely. that pressure on the defense that you have to worry about. Terrence Marshall, TMJ, he has his ability to be contested catcher. So you got a big target. Then you got Mingo, who people don't know what Mingo brings to the table. Right. As a pro, you know what he brought to the table at Ole Miss, but you don't know what he brings to the table as a pro, just like you talk about the Eagles or A.J. Brown. You knew A.J. Brown had skills. You knew D.K. Metcalf had skills, but you weren't sure exactly their true skill set that would translate into the league until they got there. And now you know these are guys you need to watch out for. And I think Mingo continues that trend of Ole Miss wide receivers that – you're going to have to pay attention to because they will, you cannot al- allow them to line up and just press them up and say, Hey, I'm going to lock this rookie down. I don't think it's going to be that easy. Yeah. So. I talked to some scouts. Oh, sorry, Coley. Well, no, uh, what, I, what, yeah, go, go, go. Yeah. No, I talked to just briefly. I talked to a couple scouts in the pre-draft process who actually thought that Mingo was more advanced coming out of college than AJ Brown, which surprised mm-hmm. me, obviously not saying he'll be AJ Brown, but where they were both coming out of Ole Miss um, was something they noted there. You mentioned Mingo and his fluidity. Thomas Brown told me that was the one thing they had questions about. Is he a stiff guy like you mentioned? And they've been surprised at how fluid he's been as route running. He's not just this vertical threat guy. Only thing about Terrace Marshall, and I know they're high on him. I've heard he's had some inconsistency in practice where he'll have some really high days and some some low days as well. And so you need him to be more of a consistent guy if you're going to count on him to be a big contributor. Uh, but I know they have big plans for him. And I think you're right, Steve. Maybe it's more of a wide receiver by committee, which I know fancy owners probably don't want to hear. But that may be the reality in Carolina this year. What you got, Coley? Well, I think this transitions perfectly into what I was trying to say because it's when you're looking for a team that doesn't – or when you're looking for a receiver on a team that doesn't have an established wide receiver one, you try and reverse engineer it a bit. And one thing you said, Steve, was Bryce's deadly 0-20 to 20 yards. So mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, well, who's running those routes the most? Who's going to be in those areas, those shorter – like when Brady was in New England, it was like, oh, Edelman is going to eat because he's quick, he's getting off the line. Yeah. It's not going to be huge chunk plays, but – in yep. a PPR league, that's going to be huge. So with uh, that, uh, go ahead. P- Let's hear it. PPR. What is PPR? <laughs> points per reception. Yeah, that's points oh, okay. per reception. So like Jar- know, Jarvis Landry. Fantasy. No, I know. I don't I know. do that's fantasy football. So I'm, I'm, I try. I listen. I, I know only regular football. This fantasy stuff. I'm a, I'm a little bit of, I'm a virgin. Okay. okay. <laughs> when I think about you in fantasy, Steve, I think about that clip where you're telling Cam Newton whether or not he should start DJ Moore. In the flex. Yeah. You remember that? <laughs> yes. So here's the, you want to know the joke. Here's the running joke about that. Bro, I was just asking, but I didn't do fantasy football. I was just messing around. Yeah. <laughs> so my son did fantasy football and he would be like, hey, dad, help me. And I would only be like, hey, who are they playing? We'll start this guy because the defense isn't very good. So start this guy. But I, I, it was that was the running joke. I don't do fantasy football. That was the whole premise of me joking around. Now I did not know at the time, and they didn't tell me till after. I didn't know that they were uh, filming uh, all all in. So it was I, I had no idea that was going on. It's a great content. Great content. So, sorry, my bad, DJ. Um, 
but but to to answer your 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 question there, I think that you're probably going to see a lot of Adam Thielen and, right. and the mm-hmm. short yardage. He's going to be working out of the slot, and so he's a guy who probably doesn't have the hugest ceiling, oh, four, but seven. he's probably the Sorry. safest guy in that offense where you know that he's going to get five, six, seven catches every game within his role. And then the other guy, like I'm high on Miles Sanders this year. I don't know where Absolutely. he's going in drafts, but. I talked to him after practice this week and he mentioned going back to his rookie year in Philly when they used him a lot as a receiver. He said that's a lot of what they've discussed in Carolina, getting him the ball, not only as a running back, but as a receiver. And he has a little bit of chip on his shoulder because in Philly, they they gave him what, seven or eight catches, touches in the Super Bowl. And he's made clear he wasn't a huge fan of his uses there. And uh, there's a big gap in Carolina between him and the the number two and three backs there. So I think Miles Sanders, as long as he stays healthy, is going to get his his heavy share of, uh, of touches. I think it's going to be interesting, too, with you talking about a huge gap. You just threw this out. Blackshear, who had an outstanding year last year with Carolina, and then they get uh, Peoples, right, from Appalachia State, who's a big yeah. body who has not shifted his weight. And I told him, bro, you need to get your – need to run a little bit more center of gravity because you're either going to get hit high in the mouth well, guys yeah. are going to try to chop you down. So you need to get that low center of gravity, or if not, it's going to be a very painful training camp, <laughs> and which means that he will not be 100% heading into the season because it's going to be – they call it mini car crashes. Man, that's going to be two dump trucks hitting each other, and that's going to wear and tear on you. Hey, let's transition, though. I got one. Let's transition. We're talking about running back. Let's transition into the Jacksonville Jaguars because – Travis Etienne and then Tank Bigsby, Bigsby. Yep. Mm-hmm. from Auburn, downhill runner. Travis Etienne was probably one of the best running backs in college football for about two, two and a half years. I'm a fan of Travis Etienne in college. Mm. He cannot see a hole to save his life in the NFL. Okay. He runs into contact as if he has blinders and he got an eye patch on. Arr. Right? So you say he got no vision. <laughs> zero. Okay. Zero vision. And I believe that's why Tank, and he can't catch the ball out of the backfield as fluid as he used to in college. So what can he do? He stinks. He bu- that's what I mean. What he can't? No, he doesn't. Reports stink. are that he stinks and he's bad. That's what that's, I mean. I did not say that. I just think Tanks Bigsby gives them a. Here's what this league is about. If you are drafted in the first round and you do not show immediately that you can adjust and make plays, if a guy who potentially can replace you, teams jump on it like it's a free check, boy. Like it's like they just want a free, like they want a discount on a burger and they using that. Th- they it's like, when you go to the grocery store and you see that 10, 10 cents off after you buy it. Don't lie. You didn't use it before you bought it. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. Absolutely. And that's what Absolutely. it is. Tank, Tank is going to replace Travis Etienne or Travis Etienne does not get his act together. They got Elvin, Evan Ingram. He, he played, he's got, he's on a prove it deal. Zay, uh, Zay Jones, he could get in between the hashes. Christian Kirk in between the hashes, but the guy that's going to take the top off of the defense and apply a ton of pressure is Calvin Ridley. And Calvin Ridley is, he's bigger. His head is clear. He's at a place where he wants to be. 
and he has one of the best coaches out there that will draw up some plays. So you got you put all of those guys together. Tra- Travis Etienne is going to be the odd man out, and I can see the Jacksonville Jaguars balling. So real quick, Etienne had roughly fifteen hundred yards last year. You see, no way he ever does that again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, why they draft Tank then? Because no one has one running back anymore. They had James Robinson at the start of last year. And what happened to him? Well, he gets hurt. They cut him. And I don't know if he's. No, 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 no. They traded him. And then your team just cut him. Yeah. Well, the Jets cut him too after they had him for about a week. So it's clearly damaged goods. But they were looking. His name's Tank Bigsby. I assume he plays a James Robinson-esque role. Uh, I I didn't watch a lot of Auburn last year. But I don't think they're the same kind of guy at all. No, they're not. I'm telling you. I hear you, bro. I'm just telling you. No, I'm not just so. I'm, I, like saying. I said, I always, I always listen when Steve talks ball, and so I'm intrigued, and so I don't want to dismiss it. Uh, but I, so, I do like here's Travis. The thing, I do. I like I, Travis Etienne too. Fifteen hundred yards. Yeah. If I, if I'm a wide receiver. Yeah. And you already have an established running game or established pass game, and they draft a another wide receiver who's somewhat like me, mm-hmm. you need to be nervous. Yeah. Travis Etienne has also hurt a lot too. Sure, I'm yeah, last telling year was you, his rookie year, and he was coming off. That's, that's true. Guess that's what? True. It, it, for you guys, this is rookie year. He's heading into his third year. Mm-hmm. That also means that's a third year cap hit. Mm-hmm. Teams are making moves to say that possibly he will not be here when the appropriate time shows that there's a crack. We're gonna take it. So, 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 Steve, I think it is. I think you make a great point. I think them taking a running back in the third round does put a little bit of notice on ETN. Um, but I, I like Travis, and I, I think the thing that 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 I look at in that, that duo is James Robinson played a huge role yes. um, in 2021 and even early on in 2022. You people forget this. James Robinson started maybe the first two or three games of last season, and then ETN came the full guy there and so there was a little questions early in Jacksonville about how much trust Doug Peterson had in Travis Etienne and a part of it is what you're mentioning Steve Etienne has very much been a bounce outside guy he's when he gets inside the tackles he has not been as effective he doesn't maybe it's his vision as you're mentioning but he has strictly been mostly a I'm a fine open air type of guy and you're limited in that in the backfield but if you've got a guy in tank who when you want to run the four-minute offense, the six-minute offense, get third and one, third and two, or even, you know, when you want to wear down a defense, you can use them. I think it makes your your offense a little bit more diverse. And to me, there's a role for both of them. And maybe that means that ETN takes a little bit of hit from fantasy reasons. Maybe he doesn't get as many touches because they're trying to save him and not wear him down from injury purposes. And maybe that means he takes a dip for, for from that overall thing. But I don't think he's a replacement for ETN. I think he's more of a okay. supplement. And maybe he his workload. But I think that it, it's it's not necessarily, a, okay, Tank Bigsby's going to be the number one running back yet. But to your point, Steve, if, if – if ETN doesn't get better in some areas, if he keeps getting hurt, then maybe we're having that conversation a year or two from now. Um, what intrigued me with this Jaguars team, and like I spent a lot of time in Jacksonville towards the end of the year. Uh, I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. Like I think I'm driving the boat. I think that he, by the end of the year, is going to be in the same conversation, not with Mahomes, but with Joe Burrow, with Josh Allen, in that second tier of who's next. I think he's that type of player. I'm eager to see 
what Calvin Ridley's impact is on the other receivers because Calvin Ridley's mm. already making a huge impact. Like talking with people down in Jacksonville, they love him. They're already talking about him as a number one receiver. And Christian he Kirk was the their number one receiver over a thousand yards last season. And so what does this mean for Christian Kirk? What does this mean for Zay Jones? Zay Jones had 82 catches last year. He didn't have as many yep. yards as Christian Kirk, but that's 84 and 82 catches for those two guys. How much of that does Calvin Ridley eat up? Who is that second wide receiver that you probably can get value with from a fantasy perspective uh, is a big question there. I don't know where Christian Kirk is going in drafts, uh, but if he if he's if his value is depressed, he's a guy that I would jump on because him and, and Trevor had great chemistry last year. Uh, you know, you kind of forget, you know, because of the Calvin Ridley signing, but they gave him a lot of money to essentially be their number one. They overpaid him in a lot of people's mind, but then he had a great season. And so if Christian Kirk is going somewhere in the, the middle to late rounds, then I'd certainly take a splash on him because I think Trevor threw for 4,100 yards last year. Uh, maybe I'm too high here. I think he could throw for 5,000 yards this year. Mm -hmm. wow. And I think, there, sure. I, I think that there's going to be more than enough bites in the apple for a guy like Christian Kirk, for a guy like Zay Jones and Evan Ingram to all get theirs within this offense along with Calvin Ridley. So I, I think there's going to be Last year, I think they set some records with three or four receivers with like yep. six or 700 yards each. Yep. I could see all four of those guys I mentioned being 800-plus yard receivers um, well, in this offense. Well, you talking about Calvin Ridley. When he last played with the Atlanta Falcons, man, go routes, posts, digs, curls, comebacks, slants, flats, and screens. 90, 80. Very, the lowest percentage in all his successful routes, press or man coverage, bro, the lowest, 71%. 75% in, well, actually 80.5% in zone coverage against press coverage, 75%. Think about, just think about that. You're talking about there's a 75% chance my wide receiver is winning the route versus press cover. That's speed. And speed and technique, you combine all those together, and that's a lot of doubt that you put in a corner. When you can do that, all of a sudden, he now leverages the defense so bad because they have to decide. That's when, you t that's when they say, get on your horse. Mm -hmm. Get back. to Pick your poison. Do you want to lose pressed up or will you, do you want to do the thoughts and prayers by getting a cushion? And hopefully you could scheme it up and run some guys underneath a linebacker or a, and a safety over the top and, and, and let the corner kind of finesse and hold them and be handsy to be able to slow them down. And that's where Christian Kurt, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, that's where these guys come alive. And that's where they're getting, well, I think get a little bit closer to a thousand yards because of when he clears it out or if the defense starts to bail, all of a sudden these guys are coming across the middle. That's what they call a Dover, a yeah. deep over. Yeah. And all of a sudden you got this Dover clearing through. If he's not there, touchdown to check down. But instead of the normal check down being five yards or seven yards, your check down is to a very efficient Christian Kirk that's 15 to 22 yards in the middle of the field, kind of like the other team in Florida, 
your the team that you know the most of, and I'm excited to talk about this one, is the Miami Dolphins. Bro, <laughs> I was doing some research on these guys, and let me tell you what the Miami Dolphins are right now. The Miami Dolphins have simulated. They have pieced together a Mamma Jamma track team. I'm talking about the pin relays, the Mount Sack relays. Go ahead, Coley. Go ahead, Coley. Talk to me. Coley over there. He he's he he's ah, let's go, Coley. No, you transitioned too quick. I had a Ridley question. Um, okay, go ahead with a Ridley question. We can edit it. Okay. I'm still on this. Hey, I'm oh, good for this. This pre-core got me good for about another two hours. Let's well, go. It hurts because it was a really smooth transition. So I feel like I'm killing it. But uh I find it very interesting the way we're the community is talking about two guys who didn't play at all last year in very different ways. One's Calvin Ridley, the other's Odell Beckham. Uh, and we've seen Odell play more recently than Calvin Ridley, but yet there's this notion that Ridley is just going to step in and be fine. But Odell, I get he's like a year or two older, but it's like, is he going to be the same guy? What, Steve, do you think about taking a year off for Two different reasons, but also, and Cam, how has he looked in person? Does his speed look the same as the last time we saw him in early in 21? Before Cam answers, let me let me say this. It is two different versions because OBJ had two knee injuries mm -hmm. that made him take this unwanted vacation. That is a different... That's a difference. Whenever you have surgery, you lose a percentage of mobility. Even if it's a small percentage, you lose a percentage of mobility. And you've had two knee surgeries on the same knee. And you have age. His version of Odell's standard of taking a step back, other wide receivers will donate body parts to get that kind. Right. of workload. So it's not going to be dramatic, but it's not going to be on the precipice of what they were saying OBJ had the potential to be is he was on pace to surpass Jerry Rice. For sure. Right. But so Ridley, that, that's Ridley's the, 21 got cut short because of injury. It's not like he also has true. been completely healthy Correct. this whole time. Yes. Yes. He had a injury. That, yes. But, injury. But, but he's allowed. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cam. Yeah, no, I'll say this, because that's a great point. Ridley's coming off the 2021 season where he had the foot injury, but he, that's when he put up the 13, 1,400-yard season, playing half of that year with the broken foot. And so I'll tell you this. They have been taking care of him in Jacksonville this offseason. He's coming back. He hasn't been, like, full speed, let's do everything that everybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that's – I don't know to take anything out of that other than they're trying to – ease him back into play after not being out in the field for a year and a half. So I can't tell you, hey, I've seen him look like old Calvin Ridley because we haven't seen that version in the offseason. But I will be there in training camp, and I will report back what <laughs> Calvin Ridley looks like in training camp. Uh, but I'll tell you what, like I, I think that talking about Calvin Ridley, and Steve mentioned it briefly before, this Jacksonville's offense, the only thing they were missing from a weapon perspective last year was a deep threat, a mm -hmm. guy who could take off the top, to really open up 
defenses and, and Calvin Ridley. I got excited when you were talking about Calvin mm-hmm. Ridley in that respect because that is the most like even if he doesn't end up being the 1500 yard receiver he wants I think he's going to do so much for the offense because of the threat he has when he's on the field and how much like Trevor's got a cannon Trevor's going to be able to open that thing up in ways he has not been able to open up throwing at Zay Jones deep is a lot different than throwing to Calvin Ridley deep and that's the element of this Jaguars offense I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to see well you talk about Calvin Ridley's speed it's like when dad's in a room and he doesn't say anything he just got his arm folded he he's just standing there. You don't he don't have to say nothing. But you know you know Papa Speed is not playing. He ain't he ain't out here to look good. This boy is out here to run some routes and his ability to run routes and what he sustained in that off time. Question marks about his character. Question marks about can he make good decisions? What I'm encouraged and what I love to see is when you see a young guy fall on a self-inflicted wound and come back, keep their mouth closed, which I didn't do, and just go out there, he's slightly bigger. When a wide receiver gets bigger slowly, that means that they're getting their, he's learning how to be a professional, right? And the reason I say all of that I was, I, uh, I had some football cars. My little boy is in a foot, in a sports cars now. Yeah. And he had like three or four of my cards. And I started looking at just the difference in myself or the transformation over in the cards. And like my first two years towards my fifth year and my sixth year, my body started to shape differently. Like my little tattoos was like, Oh, it's a, <laughs> That's a birthmark. And then all of a sudden, it just looks different. So it it shows a little bit. He does look a little bit bigger. Like when you see Calvin Ridley and he's sweating and his arms are a little bit bigger, you're like, oh, that you got you got to measure. You could run up on Calvin right now. You got to measure it like, oh, he might pop up. He might get you back. So beating a guy like that in press where he's already successful with his speed, his superpower is speed. He's had some off time to self-evaluate. Now all of a sudden his superpower becomes his mind. And now he knows his, he can use his speed. He becomes a more well-rounded wide receiver that becomes extremely dangerous very quickly. And when you're talking speed in Florida, I think that transitions very well to the Miami Dolphins, who have, have genuinely just built a track team, not even a football team. And I feel like we did it. We did it in reverse with the Falcons. I think we get a lead off. I don't know if there are questions about the receivers. There's a question about the quarterback in Miami. There's no question about the quarterback. Too. There's there could I looked be more at, questions about any quarterback in the league. I would argue. Can he stay healthy? And I, it's the Bryce Young thing, but what we've actually seen happen on the field. That's I think that's yeah. what people worry about with Bryce Young is what we've seen happen to Tua, who's bigger than Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I live down there in South Florida, so I covered his team a bunch, and I'd probably say he's the most polarizing quarterback in the league. Right. Um, just based off, you know, just listening to it, you listen to Dolphins fans and people who believe in Tua, and they'll tell you, you know, he's the most accurate quarterback in the league, like Tyreek Hill said, and he can do this and that. And and you listen to people who don't like him, and they say, you know, he's a, a injury away from being out of the league, and he can't throw the ball 30 yards. And, and that's, that's it's a, it's a, the narratives are all on the far extremes of each each way. Um, I can't tell you if two is going to stay healthy this year. Only, only the season will tell you that. Right. They, I'll tell you that he's put on a, a several pounds 
try to try to withstand some healthy some pa- more a contact. healthy pound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's okay, gained some okay. muscle. You know, I'm, right. I'm eager I to just want to make sure it wasn't. Camp. But yeah, now nah, he's not make, fat. He's not. Okay, fat. I wanted to make sure it wasn't that that southern weight <laughs> no, no. where all of a sudden he he just. Nah, he's been in the uh, weight room. Uh, he's been in the weight room. All right. He's been in the weight room. Cornbread to get you, man. I'll slow you down, dog. <laughs> hey, trust me. I know. I'm a southern dude. I, I eat a little too much cornbread, and that's 10 pounds more than I want to have. <laughs> but, nah, he's been in the weight room. He's wearing a new helmet, which he hopes he's trying out to help him a little bit with those concussions. And he's doing jujitsu, which I don't know if you have any experience with that, Steve. But they're trying to teach him to transfer his energy to the ground a little bit more so that he can uh, help himself with injuries. And so a lot of people laugh at that, but uh, they're actually using it as part of the Dolphins' practices so that they can help the quarterbacks. Because their thought is quarterbacks get hit from September to January, and then you can't touch them again until September. And so when do they practice going to the ground? When do they practice getting contact? And so that's the whole idea of it. I can't tell you it's going to work. He may still get hurt, but they are trying everything to try to minimize the chances that he gets hurt because they know that their season, given their talent, is almost certainly dependent on can number one stay healthy. I mean, it would this, just be amazing yeah. if like Von Miller was about to sack him and he reversed it and put him in a chokehold. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. That's not, that wasn't the lesson to learn here too. <laughs> um, oh, and, oh my God. What was that? Uh, that what was that Lucas? Unnecessary roughness? Karate chop. (laughs) (laughs) But do the do you think the Dolphins feel more confident in their backup role, bringing in Mike White? I mean, Skyler looked better than anyone anticipated in that playoff game. So, do you think they feel more confident? And should fantasy players feel more confident week to week if Tua? Because I mean, he can also just hurt his knee. It's not necessarily a head injury. It's still football. So if he does miss any time, should should people feel more confident? in a Jalen Waddle and a Tyreek Hill just based on the quarterback room they've built? Yeah, to be honest, no, man. Um, if you look <laughs> at the numbers, it, it was dramatic. Like, as much as the takes we have on Tua, it was dramatic the difference of how much not having Tua impacted this offense. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle had zero touchdowns combined when Tua wasn't the quarterback, which is unreal. I think Tua missed five games. None of those backup quarterbacks threw them a touchdown. And the numbers dropped off dramatically. And this year, they they signed a new backup. Mike White, the, the former Jets quarterback, is in there. And I'll just be real with you. It hasn't looked great in all-season workouts with Mike White. I don't know. Maybe it's just practice. But he's not looked great. I don't know how any way to put it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. No. He's, he's thrown a lot of picks. He hasn't – you know, it's early in the system. So I'll give him till training camp before I – write him off completely, but it's I am not, not comfortable. Like, I do not feel great if Tua gets hurt. I'm not saying, hey, you got a competent backup. Honestly, Skylar Thompson, who was their third string last year, has looked better than Mike White in, in training camp. And so um, they gave Mike White $4.5 million, so he's got $4.5 million to be the backup. Um, but right now I would not be comfortable with Mike White on the field, given what I've seen. That's bananas that you're saying that he needs to get more comfortable in the system. Newsflash. This is the same system. Robert Salas is from San Francisco, and yeah. Mike and Mike McDaniel's is so, from San Francisco. That's it's true. the same system. Mm-hmm. So that tells you very right similar. there, yeah, that the, it ain't very similar. <laughs> it's identical, dog. Everybody got some, some tweaks that are a little different. Yeah, they make they call in a they call in a lion screen a lion screen. It ain't no different. <laughs> that just lets you know what. You, 
Some players have, they just peak. And what you see is what you get. And Mike White is a guy who, he is a career backup, bottom line. He's going to show you, he's going to have some flashes of he can play. It ain't no flashes of greatness up in there. However, Mike McDaniels has done an exceptional job. You got Tyreek Hill, who literally 70% of his routes are successful. Jalen Waddle is on a precipice of running some dynamic. He he is right there and going to become a, I believe, probably a top 10 wide receiver out of these guys. His routes are improving dramatically. You add that speed that you can never really coach. You add the offense. And I, I, I find this team, they're going to be tough to deal with. We talking about Ken Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. Are they in uh, Super Bowl contention? Man, you got to win your block first, and, and yep. it ain't going to be an easy job. Yep. Tell us what's going on in Miami with these wide receivers because they have Tyreek Hill, Jaden Waddle, Cedric Wilson Jr., who they acquired in the offseason last year, free agency, who was with Dallas that showed he could he could play football. And he goes by Ch- Chosen Anderson. Robbie Man, Chosen he Robbie Anderson. Man, he Robbie <laughs> Anderson to me. He's ranked 112. I, what round is 112? Wide receiver 112. I think that's probably undrafted, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. that's on the street. He on the street. You <laughs> just means, call him up. That means like one out of every 15 to 20 leagues, one guy's taking him. Just as a, yeah. a, a hail mary. That's if maybe yeah, he's probably rostered on five to 10 percent of teams, right? So, right. Yeah. So I'm on, I'm from Cali. Leeds. So that means you late at night driving on Figueroa. <laughs> The snooty fox. Yeah, you need some. You just need something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just yeah. asking. I'm Anything. asking. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, you're, 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 in a, you're in an 18 to 20 team league. You're you're finding scraps. You know yeah. that's essentially where he's going in drafts these days. But oh, uh, don't say here, that against chosen. But 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 here's what I tell you. Um, and and I talked to you a little bit about this at Panthers practice. Robbie Robbie chosen, which he, he wants to go by chosen. Um has actually looked really good this offseason. And it's just mm. spring practices. Um, but you, you got Mike White don't look good, so that counts. Right. I, that is true. <laughs> that is true. I told you who didn't look good. I'm telling you who does look good. Yeah. Right? And so Tyreek Hill hasn't done much in offseason workouts because he's Tyreek Hill. Right? He doesn't need to. Yep. Jalen Waddle's been out there. And Jalen Waddle's been Jalen Waddle. The number two receiver out there has been Robbie Chosen. He has Ooh. been catching a bunch of balls. He is, his speed has been on display. He does look rejuvenated. And when you talk about the third receiver in, in Miami, because we know Tyreek's going to get his. He's talking about 2,000 yards. Jalen Waddle's going to get his. Who is that next level? They got rid of Mike Gesicki. And I'll tell you what, I don't think there's a tight end on this roster that I would feel comfortable uh, drafting. They brought in essentially blocking tight ends, Eric Sauberg, Tyler Croft, uh, brought back Durham Smythe. They're going to have a collection of guys who may catch a few touchdowns in the red zone, uh, but I don't think you should draft any of those players. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be more production coming from that number three wide receiver spot and the running back room to really replace what Mike Kosicki did. And so right now I'd say Chosen is the uh, favorite to be the number three receiver over Cedric Wilson, um, which is interesting because they paid seven 
$70 million a year for Cedric Wilson last season, something like that. And they draft, they trade, they signed him before they traded for Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. with the thought that he was going to be the number two opposite Jalen Waddle. Uh, there was times last year that Cedric wasn't happy with his role because they weren't giving the ball. They were playing, um, you know, Trent Surfield and, and guys like that over him towards the end of the season. And so far they're playing Robbie Chosen and Braxton Berrios over Cedric Wilson. And so, you know, I think that Miami would certainly listen if there was a trade opportunity out there for Cedric Wilson, but he has a lot of guaranteed money. And so I think he will be on this roster. I just don't know if he has much of a role at this point. And so I think there's more likely that Robbie Chosen and Braxton Berrios will be your your three and four in Miami. And those guys will be the biggest beneficiaries of the nine Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle touches. Now, let's talk about that because I think that's extremely interesting and it says something about the Miami Dolphins and where they are. The Miami Dolphins are looking at this as when we talk about all these teams and you look at it, I believe the Miami Dolphins are right there where they in the next year or two, three years max, they have to win or make a deep run in the playoffs. Because they are going to put themselves in a financial reset. You already traded for Bradley Chubb. He got a contract. You have, and they're utilizing a draft with Devin A-Chain, Texas A&M, who's a, he he has vision, speed. Speed, speed, speed. (laughs) When I I look at him, I wrote on, I I had all this stuff, and I just wrote on here, chunk plays. When they want a chunk play, they're going to give it to A-Chain. Right. D.A. chain and his ability to get there. Raheem Mostert, 31 years old. Jeff Wilson, Jr., 20, 27 years old. I don't care how old you are or how old you are not. When it's a 21 year old kid that his nickname is Chunk Play, you will eliminate yourself just by showing up. When I was a young kid, one time I got a whooping. I asked why. My mom said, on GP, general purpose, just because, <laughs> right? Just because she knew I was going to do something bad, so I got my ass whooped, yeah. all right? That's where the Miami Dolphins are right now. They need to do something quick because they're not going to have these guys. Tua hasn't gotten paid yet. They traded for Tyreek Hill and gave him a big contract. Jalen Waddle needs to get paid. Devon Holland needs to get paid. Xavier, uh, Xavier, Xavier, Xavier Howard. He is, he's right there on the back end. There's so many guys that they need to figure out before this thing, this financial, this, uh, uh, cap, what you call the cap hell starts yeah. to catch up with them. Yeah. And by having success, that also gives, Chris Greer, I, I believe a very quiet but smart general manager, and Mike McDaniels gives them opportunities to get extensions so they could continue to build because this thing is going to financially, the bandwidth is not going to be able to keep the band together. Teams want, teams want players who have experience, who can play, and who has been where these tr- teams are trying to get to? If this team, the Miami Dolphins, could get some, get somewhere, and that puts Cedric Wilson with his contract, that makes him expendable, and it makes him sit on the bench because they have now speed, 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 and more speed. 
I'm with you. I think their window is now. Um, They believe they can take the Bills and the Jets in this division. And it's most of the reason is the other side of the ball. We we talk a lot about offense, but they brought in. Oh, sorry, I didn't mention the Patriots. But that's right. Yeah, that's Patriots. right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's a three. It's a three horse AFC East. Uh, hey, listen, Stephon Diggs is not going to show up. I don't know. <laughs> um, we'll see. But I, I consider it a three horse AFC. Yeah, I, sure. I, no, I will mention correct. the Patriots more intentionally going forward for your for your benefit. But um, you know, I was going to say the Jets time, beat us before we can crown them. Anyway, that is true. I, I, still, I still very much view it as two. I don't, I don't give okay. the Jets that that leeway yet. They, I mean, they stink. They haven't beat us in 14 straight games. They're bad. That, that is true. That is true. That is true. Um, but but my point is their their time is now. They brought in Vic Vangio and Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the ball. They were actually one of the worst passing defenses of football last year, which should not be the case for the Dolphins team with some of the talent they have. They brought in that talent. They got a new scheme. They're not going to be running cover zero, all-out blitzes half the game. And so that should help their DBs a little bit more. Uh, and uh, I think they're going to be a lot better on that side of the ball, which should help their offense not need to score 35 points a game to win. And one thing that I think is interesting, first, Steve's on the money. Speed, speed, speed is going to be the focus of this offense. Mike McDaniel told me when he first got hired, I believe in the phrase speed kills maybe more than any other phrase <laughs> that people use. And you see it, right? They were the fastest offense in the league last year, and they've got faster. Devon A-Chain is going to be a player within this offense. Uh, Robbie Chosen, assuming he makes a team, is going to be a player. And that's more speed you add to Tyree Kill, to Jalen Waddle, to Raheem Mostert. Mostert mentioned they got a four-by-one track team. And I don't know if there's another four-by-one group in the NFL that challenges what the Miami Dolphins have on the field. Now, what, what's going to be intriguing to me and really the question marks for this team beyond Tua's health is this offensive line I still have questions about. Um, they, they don't have a lot of, um, uh, depth overall in that position. And I'm a little concerned at the right tackle spot with Austin Jackson, their left guard spot with Liam Eikenberg right now, their center Connor Williams is holding out of training camp. And so one, you need that position to protect Tua, which we've said is the, the key to the season. And hey, that's a hell of a leverage, bro. And, they can and, say what, and, Hey, they can right. say whatever they want to that center holding out and you got a yeah. quarterback that doesn't want to get tackled. Yeah, I'm play- he's playing chicken, and I'm telling you, he gonna win. <laughs> right. So, so that, these are these are these are issues for me. These are issues. Um, hey, hey, for him, it ain't an issue. He's sitting back going, <laughs> "Yeah, say what you want, but I know you're gonna be calling." He over there talking about, "Nope, it ain't them yet." <laughs> but but the reason I mentioned that is 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 one is the issue. Two, Mike McDaniel made clear they want to run the football more. Mm-hmm. Right. They were 31st in rushing attempts last year. And so we get enamored in the passing attack and they're going to pass the ball a bunch, but he's going to be trying to be more intentional with the run game. And you mentioned their running backs, Mostert, Jeff Wilson, A-Chain. The big question mark is, are they going to make a move for Dalvin Cook? He's the one that's on the market. They've been talked about in that perspective. I don't think they'll go a big number for him. So it's whether Dalvin Cook comes down with his demands is will be the question if he's a Dolphin. If not, then I think he'll be elsewhere. Um, but talking about the group they currently have, Raheem Mostert had over a thousand yards total total yards last year, which surprises some people. Um, if you up that amount, I think some of these backs become a little bit more intriguing for fantasy purposes. Um, the problem is figuring out which one. Raheem right now is leading that backfield, but I'm telling you, Devon A. Chain. Every time I've watched him this offseason, he has flashed. 
And one thing to watch, I mentioned it with Bijan, they have been using him also as a receiver. And so we talk about the third receiver role. He's been used and as a slot receiver, and I could see him playing some reps in there just to maximize your speed. So imagine, imagine a formation where you have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, Raheem in the backfield, and then Devon A. Chain playing slot receiver. No, like that's no. that's literally the fastest <laughs> you can potentially get out there. Hold on, hold on. Tyree Kill, wide receiver one. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver two. Devon uh, Devin A. Chain, number three, chosen number four. I put Cedric at the fifth wide receiver. Yeah. What he signed? What was his contract? Seventy million. He signed a t- essentially a three-year deal. That's essentially a two-year, about fourteen, fifteen million. So he's he's got five of his seven, I think, this year guaranteed. So it's not really a cuttable contract unless you know, bro. There's eight, you know, he, I guess you technically listen, could, but he's gonna be he's gonna be hot. Five million dollars sitting on the bench, and then the average person watching say, "Man, I'll sit on the bench for five million dollars." You would for about ten minutes. Yeah. And then you, when you got to practice every day, travel, be away from your family to know you're not dressing, boy, that get real. In, that's that's like put that's when you want to check fish grease or, or 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 bacon grease or whatever grease you got. Cedric Wilson is the water. When you put water and hot grease together, what is it? Man, that thing will pop you. And I'm telling you, it's gonna get it's gonna get real interesting real quick. For for the Dolphins' offense outside of Tua's health, do you think the most important thing is this being year two of Mike McDaniel's head coach? Because I I know Mostert said he apologized to the running backs for not only using them 31st most, but I believe they're one of the least efficient running back rooms too, just in terms of scheme and all that, which was shocking coming from San Francisco. Uh, He was the run game coordinator in San Francisco. I know. Yeah, that's that's why it was so shocking. bread and butter. Yeah. Um, and you talk about Cedric Wilson, uh, saying he, he felt at times disgruntled. There were timeout questions, especially in the playoff game. Do you think that's one of something that a lot of people aren't really even talking about right now is just year two more comfortable. He seems to be loving Miami. He was at every heat game, uh, this playoff run. Yes. So yes. is Poor that, side, the, right? <laughs> is that going to, to boost this offense to another, again, assuming to his health? But year two, Mike McDaniel, is that something people should be more afraid of? Yeah, assuming to his health, yeah, absolutely. Because you, you made a great point. They had some games, especially in the late uh, half of the season, where there was a lot of questions about Mike McDaniel's uh, clock management. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, the big thing is sometimes he has a little bit of a complex offense, and so there could be a, some lengthy play calls coming in. You know how it is in the 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 headset cuts off after 15 seconds. So there sometimes was a little bit of a clarity issues when you get into the line of scrimmage with your quarterback, especially when they had so many backup quarterbacks playing at the the latter parts of the season. And so that's something he said he's worked on. Um, They had this helmet cam thing, which, uh, is having mixed reviews with the players to a calls a little bit of intrusion, intrusion of the, uh, the huddle, but they're wearing it in practice partially so that players can get used to the play calls and get comfortable with, Hey, how, how quickly are we getting in and out of the huddle, help the young guys understand the offense early parts so that we're not having to snap the ball at three or two every snap. And we can get get through the motions a little quicker, but yeah, you're two within the scheme. Like Tyree kill said something last week that was scary. And 
Um, I don't know whether to fully believe it, but he said, hey, I was just playing off of athleticism. He said, a lot of times I didn't know what I was doing. I was just playing off of athleticism last year. And I'm like, come on, Tyree, you got 1,700 yards off straight athleticism. Uh, maybe he's exaggerating a little bit, but I think there's a point. Exaggerating that, a little bit. Yeah, but there's a point of comfort of, you know, it's a timing-based offense. And people don't talk about this a lot. A lot of what Mike McDaniel's doing is you're running to a spot. Receivers are running to a spot and two is thrown to a spot. And you're you're expecting, you're trusting, hey, Jalen's going to be here in about two seconds. And so I'm throwing to the spot even if I don't see him. And so there's a lot of quick timing-based routes. And so a lot of that comes with trust from the receivers, from the quarterbacks, knowing how Tyreek is going to do this route when they're, when they're playing zone versus man versus press coverage. And another year of that comfort, yeah, I, I definitely do, do think that's scary for NFL defenses to think about. Well, that's pretty awesome, man. Appreciate yeah. you, Cam. Absolutely, oh. man. Hey, man, for a reporter, look at all that knowledge you got. <laughs> that, Just a little dog. bit, man. I'm I'm trying to learn while I'm talking. Hey, bro, <laughs> I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you spending some time, man. We're looking forward to to seeing you throughout the season mm-hmm. on the cut to it. Let's um, do it, man. Podcast and man, man. Hey, appreciate you giving us your time, man. Tell uh Tell the wife and kids I said hello, man, and enjoy your offseason before we get going in the next couple of weeks, all right? Will do, my man, and check you out of Charlotte in a, a month or two. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Good to it. Good to it. Let's get down to it. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.